Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Mike Sealski, Glenn Macknow. It is a rainy Saturday in the Delaware Valley. One of the great uh, pleasures we get is when we get to talk to this man, the legend, the skip, World Series champion, Charlie Manuel is with us. Charlie, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you doing? I'm Glenn, but we're both good. We're both great, Charlie. Oh, okay. Can't see you, man. <laughs> I know. I I, I appreciate no, that. I, uh, I'm totally yeah. Uh, so Charlie is involved in a terrific charitable effort. Mike, why don't you uh, sure. set this up? So Charlie is collaborating with Hog Island Press on a series of T-shirts called Charlie Knows Best, and what the T-shirts do are kind of highlight Charlie's love of and perspectives on hitting. There's five different kind of t-shirt concepts. And the cool part about this is that $5 from every purchase of one of these shirts benefits RIP Medical Debt, which is a nonprofit that works to strengthen communities by abolishing medical debt. And uh, every $100 donated from to RIP Medical Debt relieves $10,000 worth of someone's medical debt, wow. and that's that's pretty amazing, and it's great that Charlie's involved with this, and it's great to have him on the show. It is, and by the way, uh, those T-shirts, Charlie's T-shirts, will be uh, on sale available this coming Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30 at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport. It's the holiday sports gift extravaganza with all kinds of great stuff. Mike's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Ray's going to be there. Uh, Mike, why don't you lead off? Oh, by the way, let me just say this. Uh, I want to tell our listeners, because of the role that Charlie plays with the Phillies now, it would be improper for us to ask him questions about the roster and free agency in the like. So we're going to move in a different direction. All right, Mike, you go ahead. Yeah. So Charlie, we're, we're a bit removed obviously from the Phillies run to the world series. And I think it's safe to say that as talent, as talented as that team was, that run was surprising and they were not the best team in the national league during the regular season. And then they got hot at the, at the right time, similar to what happened in 2008 with your team. You've been involved in baseball for a long time. I'm curious your thoughts on that sort of thing happening more and more in baseball, the idea of the hot team getting to the World Series or even winning the World Series, as opposed to the quote-unquote best team during the regular season. You've seen both sides of it. Is there is there one that you like better? Is it is it better to have a team come out of nowhere? It seems to happen more often recently or is it was it better back in the day when one team won the national league and one team won the american league and the the best of the regular season faced each other 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think what the Phillies did was uh, fantastic, and I understand exactly what happened for them. And, uh, you know, like, uh, I always felt like uh, the Phillies, you know, like they for the last two years, they've tried a lot of players, you know, like, in, uh, and I, you know, I, I can't uh, go and uh, tell you all the players that they've tried, but all of a sudden, you know, like they make the managers change. And they start, and they start playing the the uh, their younger players who were, who had a lot of energy and they had a lot of life to them and things like that. We had these, and then we have all these veteran players over here who we signed, you know, like our star superstar players and things, and they kind of mesh together good and they kind of grew together. And that's what actually when the season starts in spring training, and that's what baseball is all about. Really, you want to come out of the uh, spring training healthy but also ready to play and feel like that you've uh that, and when i say ready to play that means uh have you had enough at bats have your pitchers uh thrown enough innings and pitches and things like that and are they healthy and whatever and then you know when the season starts and you see uh and you start uh trying guys and all of a sudden uh you you kind of hit on a combination that you like and the energy level jumps up and I think it, uh, that's one of the things that Robbie Thompson did real good for our club when we uh, uh, put him in the manager's role. I think it, uh, the players, you know, like got, got more relaxed and everything, and they started having fun playing. And as the season went on, they kept improving. And at all-star break, I think the moves that Dave Dabowski made, you know, like definitely uh, played a part in uh, us getting in and, in, uh, you know, like having the talent to stay there. And, and, and at the end, although in September, I've heard people say that, you know, like at, uh, you know, like how good a baseball we were playing. Actually, before we, the playoffs started, I, I felt like the last couple of weeks, you know, like, uh, we were playing okay, but we weren't playing great baseball. But I looked up and seen who was in there, St. Louis and Atlanta and, uh, the teams that were in there. And I thought to myself, yeah, as far as looking at them, uh, what I knew, I felt like that we uh, had uh, a better team than St. Louis, and mm-hmm. I feel I felt like we had a chance, uh, definitely a chance to win. Then I looked at when we got to the Braves, and I look at the Braves, and I if you go back and look at their hitting and their pitching, and mostly you know like we were very very close. Both teams are really close. I mean they were in the hitting in, in in our league, and also I think in the major leagues we were right back to back with each other. And uh figured that was close. I think that they had a little bit more athleticism than we have. But at the same time, you know, uh, I, I always felt like that we could win. And uh, then, then when I we got in, and then I when I saw uh, San Diego play, I felt like during the uh, series that we definitely had a better team than San Diego. And then when, when we got to the World Series, I felt like the first three games that we were doing really good and. I was looking for that great pitching that I heard from Houston, and all of a sudden, you know, like yeah. after the guy threw, <laughs> then, it's, then it showed up, right? Yeah, hey, exactly. Um, all, of a, all of a sudden, the guy threw the no hitter, and all of a sudden, their bullpen showed up, and their starters, yeah, you know, like that, uh, you, you know, uh, proved to me what people were talking about. Really. Hey, and then had a big season, really. We know, yeah. Oh, it was great. So off of that, just a little bit, we talked about, you mentioned their pitching. Last year in Major League Baseball, batting average and OPS were like at all-time lows. Um, Offense just kind of disappeared. We'll talk about rule changes maybe during this conversation, but how come nobody can hit anymore? Is it is it the all-or-nothing approach the batters are taking, or is it more in the 
quality of pitching these days. You get these monsters, these kids coming out of the bullpen throwing 99 miles an hour. Why is hitting right. just, I asked the hitting coach, the great hitting guru, why has hitting disappeared? I think it. Uh, when I look at it and I watch hitting nowadays, I think of everybody, almost every hitting coach in baseball and, and all the analytics people and everything like that, everybody has has their own opinion about hitting and everybody knows thinks they are hitting coach and things like that. And when I watch a guy in the World Series throw the no hitter, I can sit there and I you know and I can be talking with guys up there who's been around just as long as I have. And when somebody's throwing velocity and they're throwing a the ball up and it's getting above the hands, you can strike the guy out. And every now and then a guy will hit a home run and that even gets him in more trouble because he absolutely just got very lucky hitting that ball. And a good a good example of that, Glenn, and I won't uh, get on it too much, but at Soto, the guy that plays for uh, uh, that, pl- that that plays for uh, San Diego now was in Washington two mm-hmm. years ago uh, on MLB. They flashed this this uh, uh, these numbers up to show him uh, taking 175 fastballs up above his hands. And of course, he had great uh, results. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. if you if, if once the ball once that's what velocity's been. It's been that way forever and ever and ever since I've been in the game. Now you got to keep you. You've got to hit straight through the high ball. You can't, and especially when it's high velocity, the pitcher will supply the power. All you got to do is stay strong in in your uh, uh, in your legs and your in your approach, and be quick with your hands and let the barrel of bat meet the ball. And let the rest happen, and that's and the, you know like a good example is that uh, I forget that one year was in Cincinnati, and uh, I, I think we swept them that year, and Hamels was pitching a shutout that night, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and they bought Chapman in the game, and Hamels asked uh, Hamels asked me, he said, how do I hit this guy? <laughs> and I looked over at him, and I said, I said, what do you mean how you hit him? I said, look, you just get you just get kind of planted and stay. Stay a little strong in your legs, but nice and easy up, and and just try to meet the baseball. Just let him supply the power. And Hamels drove the left fielder all the way back to the left center field fence, and he caught it right at the kind of at the top of the wall. And Hamels was more excited about hitting the ball like that than he was throwing the shutout. <laughs> so Charlie, and, and <laughs> Charlie, just to to kind of build on that. The rules are going to change next season. Shifting is going away. I, I've talked to people right. in Major League Baseball who who mention that part of the reason that hitters swing for the fences is that, well, if I hit a line drive to right field, the, the shortstop or the second baseman is going to be standing out there in short right field and catch the ball, so I'm better off trying to hit the ball over his head and over the fence. Do you think that taking away the shift will in time, change hitters' approaches at all, uh, and we will see more balls put in play. We will see more doubles and triples. Is, is this going to help? You know what? Uh, uh, going to help, uh, it could. But at the same time, too, I look at it this way. I am, uh, if, if, the, if baseball wants to do away with a shift, uh, that's, in, in, that's okay with me. I mean, I'm all, I'm all right with that in a way. But at the same time, those guys that are pulling those baseballs and things like that, they still going to be hitting them, them, them uh, ground balls that they rolled over on and things like that. And, and, and they will set up the, a defense that can handle that. I've seen the Yankees, uh, when we when I was over in Cleveland, have all these big hitting teams, and they used to wire us out first to third as far as fun, fundamentally playing the game. 
and hit, hitting a hole over at first base. And then finally, when I became a manager in the major leagues, I started shifting. I, I just bought my second baseman over father toward the, uh, and, and, and actually was just making sure that we got one. And most of the time we threw the second base, but, but at the same time, we even started, uh, still turning double plays hmm. and things like that. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's the philosophy of the game and how people want to play. And I, uh, I think that, uh, when, uh, the balls at Ryan Howard used to pull a lot and people would complain oh, about yeah. them, they were, they were sinking fastballs down and away or out away from him and he rolled over on them, hit on top of them. And I think that the hitters trying to pull the baseball, they will always do that. I think that we're going to see, and I'm not saying that, hey, we could see, see a big difference, especially on some guys that can really handle the bat. But as far as in general, I say, I say if it helps, uh, hitters, that's fine. But I'm kind of lurious to see how much it's going to help. All right. Charlie Manuel is our guest. Sense? It does. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Sure, I, I hope it's more than that. I really hope it has an impact because I, I I miss doubles and triples and stolen bases right. in defense. I'm I'm getting right. weary of game that's all right. strikeouts and walks and homers. So I, I hope it means more than that. Charlie Manuel's our guest. Right. Not that I need to say that. I think people know it. Charlie, several guys who you managed during your time here are now on the Hall of Fame ballot. Last year's voting, Jimmy Rollins got just under ten percent. Bobby Abreu got just under nine percent. They're back on the ballot. Um do they deserve more consideration? You know Abreu's impressive career stats, and obviously you know what Rollins meant to this team during its great yeah. years. Just ask you to observe on those two. Yeah, I think we definitely uh, – uh, uh, they need more consideration. I think it uh, – when you look at uh, who they are, I think we're starting to get away from the offensive uh, Hall of Fame is what uh, people talk about more in, in guys' career than how good the player actually really was. And I think it, when I think of Jimmy Rollins, I think of a guy that that uh, he was our cutoff guy. He's the guy that went out on both sides of the field, you know, like in, uh, you know, like in uh, handled the cutoff throws because he had strong arm and accurate. He was very good at that. He, uh, no one ever used to talk about that. His range at shortstop was very good, and uh, he was and he could run the bases. And not only that, you know, like. I know uh, people would uh, be uh, kind of disheartened about some of the 3-1 fastballs that he flew, uh, hitting high in the air in the center field and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, too, when I think about him and you look at his uh, what he accumulated as far as stats and stuff in the leadoff hole, I think he definitely goes there. I, 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 I Really, I think Jimmy Rollins is a very talented guy, and he had a great career. I think his career really gets overlooked sometimes. Chase Utley, Chase Utley, uh, I think if you grade him out over, analytics grades him out, I think he's in. Because uh, what they're big on, you know, like Utley's stats, you know, like definitely stands out in that, if, if, if I'm right. And, and, you know, like yeah, he's, he's on a ballot on next a year. Utley's on the right. ballot next year. Abreu is on the ballot this year. I know you, he was traded right. during your time here, but you managed him. Does he, does right. he deserve more right. consideration? Uh, Bobby Bray, I think he should be. Uh, I think they should take really uh, interest in Bobby because the, the way the way that they pick the Hall of Fame players nowadays, I think if Bobby Abreu, uh, he stands out too. He had a big career and he was very consistent every year. And I think that he definitely and and but but now not only that, Glenn Bobby Abreu was uh, you know like whether we want to say it or not, Bobby Abreu was was he was a 
better than an average outfielder, and he mm. and he also had a had a strong arm, you know, and he was a good ball player. I mean, he was he was a, he was an elite. He was a star player in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, you got one more? Yeah, no, it's interesting, yeah. Charlie, hearing you talk about these players. Whenever I think of the Hall of Fame, I always um, see it as a debate sometimes between guys who had very long careers, uh, who maybe accumulated a lot of stats, versus maybe a player who was, for a short period of time, one of the best, if not the best player in the game. And how do you weigh those two kind of ends of the, the same line so to speak you know Don Mattingly was the greatest player in baseball for like five years but it was just five years is he more deserving than somebody who was a pretty good player for 25 years I'm curious how you come down on that Baines okay I I would definitely when I think of Don Mattingly I I I remember seeing Don Mattingly was playing in a minor league double a baseball Mm. and I followed his whole career and he and he was a great player and like you said for about five years as far as the stats wise and everything he stands out but then if we're going to go and say that, I would, I would say, what about Ryan Howard? Because for about four or five yeah. years, and, and you look at Ryan Howard uh, and compare him with Plu Holtz and the guys that was in the National League, I didn't get to see the American League that year, but at the same time, too, Ryan Howard's stats stands out way out of, above most, most guys nowadays that win an MVP. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, he, he knocked in a, from 100 to 150 runs. I mean, that, that, for four, what, four years, five years, something like that. Four for sure, I think. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, and, he was incredible uh, for the for that 05 exactly. to a 2011 stretch. He was just incredible. Right. So, you know, I, 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 I guess that, that will always be an argument of how you look at it. I think it, that, that's baseball, and I think fans and the media especially, they look at guys they think is special. I can uh, – uh, you probably got a lot more guys on the list that I like that that I saw play their whole career. And uh, when I see guys, the guys that go in, and I kind of compare them because because I love baseball, I compare them to, to to the guys that don't get in. And I and yeah, and I wonder about that. Yes, I mean I definitely have my thoughts about it, but that's my opinion. And of course, everybody, everyone else has an opinion, and the people. That has you know, like has the vote, you know, like they're the one that puts them in there. They are, Charlie. It is. It is always such a pleasure just to hear your voice and talk. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.